0: Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new, confident smile with G4 by Gopa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new, permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Gopa Powered by technology. Inspired by patience. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your hosts from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Cazorra always Lin talking Steelers and now here's Dave
1: and Alex
2: Welcome to the terrible podcast season 13 episode 68. He's Dave Brian. I'm Alex Cazora Steelers Depot dot com. Thanks for being back here with us this Friday Steelers Nation a very important week 17. It's still hard to believe we're, we're having an honest and earnest discussion about the Steelers being in the playoff hunt, but they are hopefully they will remain that way come kickoff on Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. But, uh, you know, really happy to just be in this position in the first place, Dave.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is amazing that, I mean, there are some, I, you know, kind of realistic scenarios to some degree. I mean, I, we've seen worse with this team needing X to happen and Y to happen and and, and all like that. Look, the Dolphins have a, a situation at, at the quarterback right now, and the Dolphins are the biggest player right now in all of this, needing to really essentially lose both of their final two games, and they, they're they playing two teams that are also in the mix in this scenario, scenario which makes it even more interesting here uh, right now. Now, I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, we talked about it the other day, uh, you know, got to have the Dolphins lose uh, on, on, on Sunday early. And it would really, really be uh, nice to have the Jets lose to the to the Seahawks as well, too, if those two things happen uh, Sunday afternoon. Boy, that uh, NBC or, or the NFL looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, moving, flexing the uh, the Ravens Steelers game into Sunday night. Which look that it's going to do okay anyway because it's Ravens Steelers. But if it still has meaning with the Steelers needing to win to stay in the playoff hunt, it will really do good on Sunday night. But uh, uh, definitely got a lot to talk about today. And first and foremost, I want to know uh, uh, how hard did you fanboy? Uh, uh, Thursday night with, uh, with, uh, the Titans and Joshua Dobbs. I know I was, I watched, uh, uh, as much of it as I could. And I found myself really, really pulling for Joshua Dobbs in that game.
2: To be honest. I don't watch a lot of the Thursday night games because it's on Amazon Prime and I got to click some buttons and then usually I'm writing my scouting report. And so instead of doing that, I'm just watching football and I go, that's a bad thing for me to do. Um, but I, I watched the whole game start to finish last night because I was so excited for Josh Jobs to get his first career start. I know it was under less than ideal circumstances. Eight days of Titan. The Titans resting basically anyone with a pulse last night that was starting for them. Derek Henry. Um, you know, one of many names who did not play for Tennessee because weirdly that game really didn't matter for them in terms of their playoff picture. They beat the Jags next weekend. They're they're in. Uh, they win the AFC South. But, you know, I thought Dobbs played pretty well. I know they lost, but I thought he, you know, his receivers gave him a little help early. And and again, for just getting to this team, bouncing around all season, uh, I thought Dobbs played well. And I'm, not, and I'm not surprised by that, to be honest. I know he's a smart guy. He's a mobile guy. And I figured he would meet the moment, and he did.
1: I was impressed, too. He made a couple of really nice throws in that game as well, too. There were a couple instances and he talked about after the game that he's got to do a better job. Look, he hadn't been hit in a long time, (laughs) you know. Uh, Going back to the preseason, I think, was really his last action there. As you mentioned, eight days to learn uh, things, and uh, I thought just for the situational, I I thought he played pretty damn good. I was glad to see him get his first NFL touchdown. What, sixth season in the NFL and first NFL start. So, uh, and, and look, I, I don't want to turn this into Titans Depot or the or, or, or the Titans podcast at all. If you get a chance, go on, you know, go go find his press conference after the game. It's just, uh, it's everything you would expect it would be from Josh Dobbs. Uh, very low key, very, uh, Honest, very sincere uh, answers there, and and that was one of the first things I, I I had to seek out last night after that game. Alex was was at press conference, and I know our own Matthew Marks he wrote a little bit about uh, what Josh Dobbs had to say after that game. But if you get a chance uh, and you're a Joshua Dobbs fan, uh, go go seek out that post game press conference, and uh, we'll obviously now see if he starts their finale against the Jaguars. So that's enough about Titans, but I wanted to make sure I get. Kind of the Joshua Dobbs uh, uh, section in because I know a lot of people were root, rooting for him uh, last night like we were.
2: Yeah, ton of Steeler fans rooting for him last start December thirtieth, twenty sixteen, Tennessee against Nebraska. Mm. Tennessee uh, winning that game. Also, get, I know that he's from Georgia, not Tennessee, but to be basically where he played his college ball and, and near home, right. pretty special for him. Uh, unfortunate loss, but. We'll see if he starts week 18, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave the Titans well enough alone. Should mention before Dave and I dive into Steelers talk a little bit later on, we have our friend Jonas Schaefer to talk Ravens. He's a beat writer for the Baltimore Sun. Had him on a couple weeks ago, did a fantastic job. You can follow him on Twitter at Jonas underscore Schaefer. And so we'll speak with him in a little bit to get his perspective on the Ravens heading into week 17. So Dave lets you and I start things off here with the Steelers injury report. And there's been a lot of changes and heavy edits, heavy edits to this injury report over the last couple of days, but trying to catch things up here on Thursday, the team will release its Friday injury report here, probably by the time people are listening to this, um, the names to watch here. Generally, this team through it all is in pretty good shape. Does not appear that Trey Norwood's going to play. He's got that hamstring injury suffered in the first half of the Raiders game. Beyond that, Terrell Edmonds is practicing in full um, no other names. It seems super alarming. We'll see about miles Jack with a groin injury. Deontay Johnson had a hip. He was full on Thursday. Norwood is really the the name to watch here.
1: Yeah. You know me, I don't like to cause issues or start any problems Never. <laughs> with, with anything here. It is funny to see this, uh, the way this injury report kind of uh, went this week. Uh, there were some clerical errors, uh, uh, <laughs> correct? And anyway, uh, it's not a toe with Deontay Johnson. It's a hip uh, to my understanding. It was listed as a toe on Wednesday. The toe bone must be connected to the hip bone. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, anyway, hip full practice though on Thursday, it sounds like he's good to go. Uh, Larry Ogan Joby is the one with, uh, the toe that, uh, I mean, even though he hasn't practiced the last couple of days, I would expect him to be, uh, be ready to go. Come, come, come Sunday night there. Uh, as you mentioned, Alex, uh, miles, Jack going to be interesting to see what happens there. I have to think that he'll try to play through that groin injury again, however, comma, Probably going to be limited on the snap count. And as you also mentioned, I it's really not looking good. And it didn't look good from the moment he went down in that second, in the, early in the first half in the game against the Raiders. Uh, Trey Norwood immediately grabbed... Uh, uh, looked like somebody shot him in the, in the hamstring there, and he grabbed for it and uh, probably not going to play. The good news, it uh, looks like Terrell Edmonds will make it back this week, at least we hope he does, uh, from that hamstring injury. So to uh, uh, the real name, the re- the two people I think to watch on Friday are going to be Trey Norwood and Miles Jack, but I would expect Trey Norwood to probably get a doubt for mm-hmm. or an out tag uh, later today.
2: And assuming he does not play Elijah Riley should become the the dime defender, although I don't know how much dime defense will be needed in a in a heavy Ravens game like this one. Um, but that's the injury situation there. Should mention, by the way, I had the article this morning. We talked about this briefly on I believe it was Wednesday, about, you know, Marcus Allen's on IR, Trey Norwood unlikely to play. You're working on a third string up back. I assume that'll be Jalen Warren. I don't know that to be a fact. That's how it was set up in training camp, but a third string. Anything is always a, a a concern. And so I know that there's a lot of jokes and kind of shrug of the shoulders. Marcus Allen's out. Oh, well, Mark Robinson can play, but watch out for that third string up back. That's a big concern.
1: Yeah. We talked about that uh, the other day as well, too, because you and I are heavy into special teams every year and, 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 you know, th- that kind of thing. And yeah, Marcus Allen had the bonehead uh, thing a couple of weeks ago against Carolina penalty and, but that guy plays a big part in special teams. And he was up above uh, among the, uh, the team leaders in special teams tackles. And if, you know, people might think you just throw anybody back there at the, at the up back position and you'll be fine. As we stated the other day, don't think, don't think that the rod uh, that, uh, John Harbaugh's not maybe trying to scheme something to kind of test. Maybe the up back, you know, to see if he knows where something's coming from and a, and a guy to pick up. So, uh, if we're here's the hoping that Alex and I are not talking on Monday about, see, we told you, uh, uh, something might could happen there. Uh, the best case scenario is that we're not even mentioning, you know, uh, the pump block team or anything like that on, on the Monday podcast. But within that, uh, it will be interesting to see who the next guy up is there. And I'm with you. I think it might very well be Jalen Warren. And how does that play into something along the lines on into next season as well, too, because Marcus Allen is, is is an, is an unrestricted free agent, uh, this offseason. And real yeah. quick, real quick about the uh, the Ravens injury report mm-hmm. here. I think the names to kind of look at Marcus Peters uh, 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 and Calais Campbell yeah. uh, are two big names. And obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson, it looks like Lamar Jackson's not going to play in this game.
2: Yeah, some pretty notable injuries there. Jackson gets all the headlines. It almost it is certainly going to mean another missed game for Lamar Jackson. So Tyler Huntley should start. But to miss Peters and to really miss Clayus Campbell, one of the rocks up front, one of the best run defenders in football, still got it. 36 years old, had that block field goal against Pittsburgh in the first meeting. I know that's a deep Ravens defensive line. There's still going to be a good run defense. But to lose Campbell, is a, assuming he does not play, is a serious loss.
1: Man, hi Diddle Diddleson, uh, sin, uh gee, I, I mean, how many times of you know, these lad, you know, since the bye week have have we been looking at opposing defense and uh uh saying, man, you got you got to run the football. And uh, you know, they have been running you know better at times overall. But uh look, this is another one of those games. You don't have a guy like Calais Campbell in there. Uh and you know, they they're pretty decent up front anyway, but this is a team that I think you know you have to at least try to run uh, up the middle on. You have to make guys like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen uh do their job in this game and 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 on the stat sheet and lead the team in tackles here. Uh it won't be easy especially against this defense because they have Ro- Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, but I mean when you don't have one of those pillars up front in Campbell. I think you got to you got to try to uh, get after it there.
2: Yeah, if you have Campbell out and you kind of muddy up the picture for the linebackers because, you know, Smith and Queen are great players, but they're allowed to play even better because they're running free so often because Campbell and those guys are occupying so many, so many blockers. If you can get some, some push and movement at that first level and, and, and move the defensive line into Smith, in the Queen, maybe you can have some more su- uh, success in traction. But we'll get final injury reports on Friday later today. Uh, For the Steelers and for the Ravens, let's flip over now, Dave, to the coordinator corner, Matt Canada, Terrell Austin speaking to reporters yesterday. We'll start with Canada, and he's talking about the final frontier to boldly go where no offense has gone before the end zone, just what Canada wants. And he says this team cannot turn the ball over past midfield. Of course, a big issue in that loss to Baltimore in the first matchup. And so uh, that's really been the theme of the Steelers offense. They've been able to put together some drives, have been generally unable to finish drives and that cannot happen again.
1: You Big Star Trek fan. Are you more no, Star Trek? Just, than... just
2: enough to make that joke. And that's okay. all I got. But
1: well, you did well. I'm, I'm very thank proud you. of you. And you're not a, you're not a Star Wars nerd either. Are you?
2: None of those things. Not a, no. not a movie guy in general, anything where I got to sit down for three hours. It's not football. No, thank you.
1: Right. Right. I, I have become that now. Obviously I have a lot of pop culture uh, in my past and Star Wars and stuff. I was, I was all, I, I, I'd watch, I'd watch Star. I watch Star Trek kind of as a last resort, you know, if if nothing else was on as a kid. But man, it was all Star Wars for me. But I mean, I know mm-hmm. the characters and all like that. But uh, yeah, look, uh, space, the final frontier. You're right, uh, the end zone, the final frontier. Uh, this is where this team has got to absolutely get better here uh, in the red zone. We've talked about that specifically when it comes to Kenny Pickett and some of the things that we need to see out of him to close out this season. That's push the football down the football field through the air and that's finished once he gets inside the red zone there. So uh, not surprising. This Look, this team uh, since the bye week has, has moved the football, have they not?
2: They have, yeah, but sometimes they've not too often, they've not converted that into scoring opportunities since uh, Canada was specifically referring to the last three games of these issues happening. So since week 14, the Ravens game, Pittsburgh has only scored on 47% of their drives that got into enemy territory. That's 27th overall, and they've turned it over on about a one-fifth, 21% of their possessions tied fourth most. So bottom line is they're not an efficient team once they cross the 50.
1: Right, and... Uh, it- it's all about scoring points, right? It, it 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 might look good in the stat sheet moving up moving the ball in between the twenties there, but you gotta you gotta finish this thing, man. And and you know, another thing is uh that we're I don't think that we're seeing enough of uh, we're not seeing enough explosive plays. I mean, you still got a quarterback here. Uh, really, both quarterbacks in Mitch Trubisky and 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 Kenny Pickett that that have a combined adjusted net yards per, per uh, passing attempt number under five. Hmm. Uh, that I mean, look, uh, Kenny did a great job of driving his team down the field and getting that win against the Raiders that they absolutely had to have. It's, this is not sustainable, uh what we're what we're seeing uh here. We have got to see this team somehow, either on the ground or through the air, have more explosive plays because it's just it's not sustainable to have 12, 13 play drives, go down the field uh, and score touchdowns. It's just not. And we've got to see the elements of the explosive plays and then more importantly we've got to see when this team gets in even the high red zone you know out just outside the red zone them get these get the, get the points on the board that way you just cannot kick field goals in this situation and you can obviously can't turn the football over
2: right on the season on drives to get past midfield the steelers have only scored on 58.2% of those that's 29th in the nfl only ahead of denver green bay and indy and so again the theme of this year because again the stat was i think in the panthers game i assume it's still true the steelers lead the nfl in 10 plus play drives and so that means they are moving the football believe it or not but they've just not been able to finish settling for too many field goals too many turnovers and just um they've been better in the red zone lately but just trying to get into the red zone has also been a challenge
1: right right uh and look, I mean, you, we saw this last game against Baltimore, right? They, they 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 were able to move the football, but had key uh, key turnovers by Trubisky. You know, uh, once they get down there, they 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 obviously can't do that this time. So. Um it's going to be interesting to see these two teams. Obviously, know each other uh, well. The uh, Ravens probably not going to have Campbell and Peters this time, and that's a uh, that's that those are two big names in that deal. Mm-hmm. We'll talk obviously with Jonas, and he'll tell you a little bit more uh, why that might be a little bit bigger uh, issue in this game here. But uh, there's no reason to uh, for us to think that this team can't move the football down the field this time and then now we have to see this team finish once they get in the either in the red zone or in the high red zone and and uh points that you get you got to put points up a lot more points up on the board this time
2: definitely anything else from Matt Canada that he said that you wanted to discuss
1: no it, it, it's a lot of the, it sounded to me like a lot of the same stuff
2: it was. So let's flip over to Terrell Austin, who again, didn't say anything earth shattering either, but was asked about Robert's playing, talked about him playing 100% of the Steelers defensive snaps the last two weeks. And uh, Austin saying, quote, I think Rob's earned the opportunity to play a lot Um, and, and then talked about injuries and said that opened the door for Rob. And I think he's taken advantage of it. He's done a good job with it. And so uh, with Jack still not 100% there and really kind of literally limping to the finish line, I think you're going to see a lot of Robert Spillane in this game against the run-heavy Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the officer and a gentleman, which goes way over your head there. No i idea got what that I've got, got nowhere else to go, you know. Uh, the Steelers have nowhere else to kind of turn to except really kind of uh, a Mark Robinson-type player. If, they, if they're one of experienced players right now, Miles Jack is – I mean, I think we're going to find out uh, – this groin with him I don't think's going away you know no
2: did you watch did you see the one rep he tried to, to run with Josh Jacobs downfield he got split out last week he, he could he can't run
1: right he, right terrible uh, he can't run you're right and I don't think this is going away I think they know that I think they're trying to uh, limp him to the finish line if you will and try to get you know certain amount of snaps out of him and in the meantime they're gonna say yeah Robert's our guy you know uh well it's because you got nowhere else to turn to uh now mark robinson i think is going to or should get a helmet this week uh is he a guy maybe that you can you know look there's such a run heavy team and robert splain fits that on the other side you know uh and devin bush has been playing better uh to some degree he's it's obviously not enough uh there so i i think the the biggest the biggest uh, uh, question I, I, I have here going into this game, you're going to have a lot, you know, two linebackers on the field at the same time, obviously, in this game inside. Uh, you know, have they seen enough out of Mark Robinson to maybe put him in some of these situations to to beat a missile and play downfield and try to blow things up?
2: Yeah, I think Robinson is going to play um, whenever you. Allowed 215 the last time out just a couple of weeks ago. You're probably looking for a couple of tweaks and changes to try to you know, fix things. And Pittsburgh, you know, in that Panthers game, ran that 4 4 defense with four down linemen and, and four linebackers, one of them being Mark Robinson, replacing and subbing out uh, or subbing in for Devin Bush. And so some of that's personnel based, what the offense does. But because Baltimore's a heavy team with a lot of 22 personnel, 21 personnel, I think you're going to see some of that 4 4 type looks. And so there's probably going to be opportunity for Robinson in this one, but Spillane should probably be the every down guy again, I would imagine. And it's funny, they this team has tried to go through so many linebackers and bring in free agents and trade for players and draft players and all those kinds of things. And at the end of each year, you know, who's sitting there is Robert Spillane. He's just there at the end of every single year, not playing great football, but they like him. They trust him. He's smart. You know, he, he did not play good run defense against the Ravens, but nobody played good run defense against the Ravens. And so uh as much as they try to find other options all roads lead back to Robert's plane
1: as as Hines Ward would say you got to take your hat off and hand it to him right uh look he for the Steelers to win this game Robert's plane probably going to have to have 12 tackles right and and I'm not talking about six of them um, being more than 5 yards down the line of scrimmage I'm talking about he's probably going to have to have uh 12 tackles with a good eight of them within Three yards of the line of scrimmage, right? Is that is that uh, is that fair to say that uh, scout uh, stat stat box scouting after the game hmm. that should show up?
2: Probably something like that. Um, yeah, the tackles by themselves are, are difficult to judge, but if you're getting a couple of TFLs and run stuffs, those are the numbers to to watch for.
1: And obviously, uh, TJ Watt can make an impact, uh, in, 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 in the running game with some TFLs, uh, Alex Heisman. Uh, this has got to be a complete job up front. You can't, uh, I'm not expecting to see Cam Hayward, uh, get him some of (laughs) title. Linderbaum uh this week uh, you're obviously going to be playing a little bit over, over the gap there but i don't think we need to see any uh any any cam hayward uh nose tackle uh over the front there look line up and 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 you know learn your lesson uh what would what did uh uh greg uh who's a uh old saints uh defense quarter williams get, uh yeah get your uh get your bleep in the, in the, in the, in the a <laughs> gap, you know, uh, know where you're supposed to be on the field. Don't try to do much, get in your gap and let the other guy make sure he's in his gap. Don't try to do too much because you, you know, what's coming, right? You want a seal here and a seal here and you want to run the ball in the alley. That's what they're going to do. They're going to try to bludgeon the Steelers again with a running game.
2: Dave is recording this podcast in black and white today. He's actually yeah. doing this from 1963, and that is don't
1: uh, lie, don't lie. You would love that old footage, and you wish that oh, we I had. Uh, you wish that we had full games from 1964, or 65, because we would be kids in a candy store, uh, you and I, if we had that.
2: Yeah, you love uh, the Vince Lombardi quote there, but it is so appropriate for this game. Both teams are looking for a seal here and a seal there in an alley to, to run to because both teams' identities and, and paths to winning runs through and revolves around the running game. Um, So absolutely on that. But but yeah, we'll see what Pittsburgh has. Terrell Lawson did kind of hint at some schematic changes. Again, I think that 4-4 look, um, getting Robinson on the field, getting the Marvin Leal on the field will be something they sprinkle in in this game. Anything Say, else from Ter-
1: Yeah, yeah. Say again. Say the. the it, it, I lost the last part there. Oh, cut
2: out. Um. Yeah, I think Tur Austin in that interview hinted at schematic changes, mm-hmm. and I imagine that four four defense with Mark Robinson with the Marvin Leal will be something they sprinkle in, in in during this game.
1: Yeah. Look, you got to you got to make Huntley beat beat you with his arm, right?
2: Yeah. The difficulty with Huntley is that, you know, he's not been a featured runner for them the way Lamar's a featured runner on their zone reads. He's used to around goal line, quarterback power, third down, some of those big got to have it moments They are probably protecting him because if he gets hurt, as what happened in the first matchup, now you're on Anthony Brown, your third string rookie, and you don't want that, but you have to respect his running threats. You still have to account for him as a potential threat on zone reads. It's not where you can always attack the back. So He's not really running a lot between the 20s, but you have to act like he is. And that's kind of the the tricky dance.
1: Look, you'll see uh, within the first, I don't know, 10 snaps of the game, you'll see uh, TJ Watt mesh charging and put him on his butt.
2: Yeah, uh, you want to be aggressive and and let him know that that you're thinking about him, even if he's not been um, a big threat. But but again, Huntley, not a big threat in that first game with his legs, but they still ran for 215. It was so dominated by by Dobbins and by Gus Edwards. So anything else from from, uh, Terrell Austin that you want to touch upon?
1: No, sir. I think you did a good job there.
2: He did seem to downplay a little bit about leading the league in interceptions. Um, He's always been a turnover guy and every, you know, former DBs coach wants to take the football away. But whenever he got hired, some of the stuff that I was researching on him, some of the clinics that he's done very much, you know, I want to be top five in, in takeaways. And it sounds like Grady Brown. The DB's coach is up the ante and since we want to be number one in interceptions, and currently this group is with 17. And so uh, that's been the mark and the DB play has been up and down this year, but they have done a good job to catch the football and create those splash plays.
1: Probably should have 20, though.
2: Miami game probably should have pushed it to <laughs> 20 for sure, for sure.
1: And what a difference that that game uh, uh, that would have made in that game.
2: Absolutely. So that uh, covers the coordinator corner. So we'll take a pause here. I think it's a good time for us to break and bring in Jonas Schaefer. He is the Ravens beat writer and reporter for the Baltimore Sun. Had him on in Week 14. Having him on again now. You can and should follow him on Twitter at Jonas underscore Schaefer. After Schaefer. Uh, after you guys listen to the interview, be sure to reach out to Jonas on Twitter and say you heard him. I had some great comments from that first time around. I, I know those guys certainly appreciate that. They're working hard as the season. Starts to to wind down, but we'll take a pause here and come back with Jonas.
1: Okay, welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. It is Friday. It is week 17 of the NFL season. It is Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football in Baltimore. That means we're pleased to have back on the show. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. You know how good and thorough he is. Uh, you know he definitely uh, uh, is is going to be uh, a favorite of Steelers Nation here. Jonas Schaefer. Jonas, uh, you can follow Jonas on Twitter at Jonas Schaefer underscore Schaefer that's j-o-n-a-s underscore s-h-a-f-f-e-r he covers the Baltimore Ravens for the Baltimore Sun uh and you can obviously get to that uh at their website make sure you uh follow his Twitter feed for all updates related to the Ravens with all that long introduction Jonas welcome back to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex
3: Dave Alex thanks for having me guys I uh I don't check my mentions, but I did see I got a couple Steelers-related follows after the uh, the last time hopping on with you guys, and uh, I appreciate that even if I'm not necessarily responding. to anyone who's mentioning me?
1: <laughs> yeah, look, guy, uh, and we uh, look, we built this show over, of course, since you know, like 2010, and uh, our you know our listeners, you know, we we like to really educate, and we like to have these beat writers on it that, that uh, give us you know go inside with the X's and O's and all, and that's why uh, they end up uh, getting a lot of followers from. Our listeners, and you know, you'll get a few of those kind of trolls in there every once in a while, but hopefully, uh, most of ours are are just looking for education and and and, and you know, matchup information and all like that. So, uh, Jonas, uh, obviously, you know, a, a, a big week for the Steelers. Uh, we'll see if this game still means something by the time it rolls around on Sunday night, needing uh, the Miami Dolphins to lose. But uh, in the meantime, the Ravens are in the playoffs at this point. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson still dealing with the injury. Looks like uh, Tyler Huntley's going to start this game again, I think at a four consecutive one with him. Let me start with this, Jonas, from a 30,000-foot kind of look here. What's the narrative about the Baltimore Ravens right now?
3: Uh, It probably is where the hell is Lamar Jackson. (laughs) It's just (laughs) as simple as that. Um, It is, I find myself writing, you know, we do these, Practice reports is based on who's participating, and who's not. And I've literally written the same story for 11 straight practices right now. It's Mar Jackson was missing a practice. He hasn't played since week 13. If he can't play, it would be Tyler Huntley. Here are the playoff stakes. And, uh, you know, it is Friday morning right now. We are about an hour and a half away from the start of the Friday practice, which is usually you know a little bit more of a walkthrough, but not a whole lot of optimism that Lamar's going to be out there it seems like all signs are pointing toward Tyler Huntley and it just brings the Ravens and the fan base and everyone here one step closer to all right well they're definitely going to be able to play him before the postseason starts right and no one really knows uh it's tough to to get a read on what's happening here he's obviously the most important player on, on this team they have gotten by uh without him just fine but they haven't really played a whole lot of juggernauts. I'm, I'm sure if you, you know, stacked up the the QBRs of the quarterbacks that they've faced since he went down, or you know, even, even in that game that, that he went down in, it would probably be a lot of dudes in the 20s and 30s. So um they, they need him to have any chance of making a postseason run. But uh other than a couple of times of seeing him in the locker room, we just haven't really gotten eyes on him.
1: Uh, heading into this season, I kind of uh, my, my thought on Tyler Huntley was, man, what what a what a good backup he is. He could do a lot of the stuff that uh, Lamar Jackson uh, does. You know, they don't really need to change the offense up uh, that much. But, you know, you you've got a lot more tape now on him this year than you had, obviously, going into this season. Where are you at on Tyler Huntley right now, Jonas?
0: Ready for summer and want an enjoyable day trip? Head to Fauquier County, Virginia, just off I-66, nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Fauquier County has over 25 local wineries, breweries, hiking trails, and Rappahannock River access. Check out visitfauquier.com for details. Fauquier County, find what you love.
3: He's missing a lot of throws. He's missing a lot of reads. Um, he's a a quick trigger kind of guy. Which, with how close you know these safeties are, are playing to the line of scrimmage, maybe. Works against him. Obviously, he does have the athletic factor, uh, which I think does a lot for this run game. I mean, if you go back and look at that, you know, forty-eight yard run that I think J.K. Dobbins had in that that first game against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Fast Fitzpatrick who's basically shadowing Huntley as he fakes the the keeper on that on that zone read or that 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 option handoff because he has to respect him bouncing outside, and obviously that gives J.K. the space he needs to. Take, take another 15 to 20 yards. And obviously, you know, the Ravens end up scoring on the, on the next play. So you do have to respect them, but you know, out of structure, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, you know, obviously that the receiving talent here outside of Mark Andrews is not all that great. Uh, Devin Duvernay, who, you know, did a couple of nice things against Pittsburgh. Um, I think, uh, I think in, in that first game is obviously out for the year along with Rashad Bateman. So now you're looking at Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, Andy Isabella, maybe, um, it's, it's a very 11, it's a very 11 personnel avoiding team. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with Tyler Huntley, you just, you just hope that he doesn't make the mistakes that it can maybe cost the team in a game like this. He, he has done a good job of that for the most part. He doesn't really take a whole lot of sacks, although he can kind of pat the ball sometimes when, when he feels, uh, that that pass rush coming on, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not been the the step forward. Uh, it's not been the, the carryover of quality of play that we saw last year when he had a couple of really nice games, you can blame the receiver talent, but this offensive line is a lot better than it was last year. So you would maybe expect some, some makeup there. So obviously he's not going to be the best quarterback on the field on Sunday, even with, you know, Kenny Pickett's kind of ups and downs sometimes.
2: Jonas, to stay with Huntley, do you feel like the team has confidence in him? Obviously, they've really tried to manage how much he's he's throwing the football. I think against Atlanta, he had, I don't know, 17 attempts or 12 attempts, you know, just right. didn't have to do a lot. Is that a lack of confidence in him or is that just recognition that the receivers are hurt? There aren't a lot of weapons besides Mark Andrews. and We have a really good run game, so we're going to focus on that. So is that is that more of a statement about just the, the strength of the run game or the weakness in Tyler Huntley as a passer?
3: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a reflection of their belief in the run game. You know, they've basically averaged you know 180, 190 rushing yards per game over the past three games. I think since since that Denver game, um, you know, they are not throwing out a lot of wide receivers. Like I said, they are confident to throw Pat Ricard in there as a fullback, Josh Oliver as a tight end, Nick Boyle as a tight end. Obviously, you have Mark Andrews who's a de facto wide receiver, um, lining up at a tight end sometimes. So they just, you know, if they can get away with only having their quarterback pass the ball 15, 16, 17 times, uh, they're fine with it. It hasn't of course led to explosive scoring days, but they've had a good defense. Uh, They've really just shut teams down in the red zone uh, the past couple of games. They've gotten enough support from their special teams, although they have been a little bit shaky there. Um, So, you know, they're, they're just doing what they can and, you know, you know holding their fingers and holding their breath that uh, that Lamar's going to come back at some point because obviously right now the current offensive performance is not what you would expect uh to be a postseason winner um but you know they they're just kind of putting things together with with scotch tape and prayers and mm-hmm. so far it's worked i mean they're 3 and 1 since since Lamar went down
2: here sure. Um, one guy that really impressed in that first matchup against Pittsburgh along that Ravens O-line was rookie center, Tyler Linderbaum. Thought he had a really good game overall against Kim Hayward, just against that Steelers defensive front. Does he look like the guy in the middle for the next decade? Do you get that sense or is it still a bit too early to really judge what his career arc may may end up being?
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think there there's a lot of investment by the front office in him being that kind of player, because obviously they got rid of Hollywood Brown um, and, You know, traded away Hollywood for the draft pick in the first round from Arizona that became Tyler Linderbaum. And, you know, I don't think uh, I think the the Steelers maybe learned a lesson uh, somewhat uh, from that first Baltimore game. I think they were trying to take (laughs) a a page from the the Giants playbook where they were maybe getting a little too, uh, you know, fancy or silly with some of their pre-snap moving around, trying mm-hmm. to draw, trying to try to draw the Ravens into a false star penalty. I don't think that worked uh right. any of the times that they did it. And, you know, you saw maybe, you know, Cam Hayward get, get out of position, uh, you know, lines up as, as, as the zero tech on that long Dobbins run, which I don't think he, he normally does. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of optimism about what Linda can do. He, I think his pass protection is stabilized. He can still get, uh worked over by the Dexter Lawrences and the Quinn Williams of the world, but as a run blocker, he's smooth. He can get, get to that second level. And, you know, when he you know is able to combo block with Kevin Zeitler or, or Ben Powers and reach that middle linebacker, he can get there quicker than maybe any center in the league. And obviously um, the Ravens don't need a lot of invitations for JK Dobbins or Gus Edwards to, to burst through those holes up the middle.
1: Jonas, you look at the uh, all twenty-two tape from the last couple of weeks, and, and you know specifically this last game against the Falcons, and uh, it was easy for us to put our scouting report uh, uh, <laughs> t- together on the side on offense, especially on the offensive side of football. You know, it's a seal here, it's a seal here, and you you uh, you run the ball up the alley, right? You know, uh, there's nothing mystical about what the what the Ravens. It looks like they're going to try to do again in this game. Let's run the football. Let's get these uh, offensive linemen on the the move. Let's uh, let's run this misdirection and let Huntley leak out the back door kind of stuff. Greg Roman's not going to overthink this, is he? I mean, and the Steelers, you know, they obviously know we got to stop the run. They can't get bludgeoned with uh, 200 more yards in this game, even though they did a good job on the scoreboard last time. The Ravens possessed the football, and then it came down to the end of game. Three plays got to stop the run. We know what's coming and we couldn't, and and they couldn't stop it. Uh, uh, You know, long story short, Roman's not going to overthink this, right?
3: Uh, We'll see guys. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if, if either of you watched the Ravens Browns game, but they were rolling on the ground in that one. Obviously they were trailing, but comes the fourth quarter and uh, they hand the ball off once to Gus Edwards for four yards. And that was it. You know, they were, they were down I think 10 points or, or seven point or seven points at that point. But Greg Roman just completely abandoned the, the running game uh, to the dismay of a lot of Ravens fans. And even against Atlanta, you know, they were up and looking to put the game on ice. And I think, Greg Roman goes pass, pass, pass in that fourth quarter and they don't get a first down and they give Atlanta the ball back with a, you know, a slight chance of, of coming back. Obviously, they the defense does his job, it you know, shuts shuts the Falcons down and they end up getting that win. But um he for as much criticism as Greg Roman has gotten for being overly reliant on the run, he's now entered this phase of his of his career where he's now being criticized for not relying on the run enough. Uh, so it's a little <laughs> bit of an interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you got until it's gone. Right. Um, right. So I think it's going to be real. I'm really fascinated by whether Pittsburgh, just how much Pittsburgh can bow up as a run defense. I mean, you know, just looking at some of the stats last night when I was putting together my preview since basically, uh, you know, TJ Watt came back the top two run defenses in the NFL by DDOA are the Ravens number one, which is not a surprise. Right. And then the Steelers number two, which kind of is a surprise because the only time that I got to see the Steelers run defense. Two yard. the <laughs> them. yards. Um, but, but you, you wonder also on the Ravens offensive side of things, if they are maybe due for a bit of a come down, you know, the, the you know, I've access to some of the NFL next gen stats stuff. And right. so for the past three weeks, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards are combined averaging three rushing yards over expected per carry which is wow. just an absurd statistic like you Crazy. look at the the, the 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 season-long leaders and it's like uh the the, the bears running back khalil herbert at like 1.3 or 1.5 or something you know over the entire season so you're talking about two of those guys if you split that, that total in half basically being the best in the nfl over the stretch in terms of getting as much as possible, get you know, leaving no meat on that bone. And I don't know if that's super sustainable. Some days it's Dobbins, some days it's Edwards, who's, you know, going to max overdrive. But um, obviously I think Mike Tomlin is going to probably have some better answers for this Ravens run game in round two.
1: Uh, defensive side of football. Uh, uh, Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters. It it, it sure looks like they're going to miss this game. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. And on top of it, uh, you know, pretty good matchup the last time uh, Marlon Humphrey versus George Pickens, and you know, Marlon had some uh, nice uh, praise for, for for George Pickens after that game. Is that something that the Steelers need to try to exploit more? Or Marcus Peters, you know, if he misses, uh, misses on the other side, uh, are we going to see? is is, is that the side to kind of attack over there?
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting wrinkle with Marcus Peters likely being out and, you know, hasn't practiced this week, don't expect him to to practice today is that he is basically a one-sided kind of cornerback, you know, like, you know, sauce Gardner in in that, in in that jets cover three system, obviously it's a little bit different because Ravens don't aren't wedded to a cover three system, but he, you know, if, if you're looking, if you are Mitch Trubisky and you see Marcus Peters out there, he's going to be to your right every single time. And with him not playing, the Ravens can get a little bit flexible with how certain receivers travel with certain cornerbacks. Um, obviously, they are playing much less man-to-man covers than they did under under Wink Martindale. So it, it maybe becomes a somewhat of a moot point if you know Marlon Humphrey's passing off George Pickens to the linebacker or the safety or whatever as part of his zone drops. But if the Ravens, for instance, want... Marla Humphrey lined up over George Pickens every time uh, then they can do that Uh, and you couldn't really get that advantage when Marcus Peters is playing because he's just a one-sided player so the the drop-off from Marcus Peters to Brandon Stevens I think can be Substantial. I think Brandon Stevens, who's their you know number three cornerback basically at, at this point, because or number two at uh, you know right now with number three normally um, can be substantial because you know he, he's, he's liable to, to give up some big plays. He is a better run defender, which you know might come in handy uh, if, if the Steelers go back to trying to pound the ball with, with Najee Harris. But um, I, I think it's going to be a clear advantage for whether it's Deontay Johnson or Pickens when they are matched up with. With Stevens, But again, if the Ravens can win just enough reps and, and they trust Marlon Humphrey to do a better job defending the long ball this time, uh, as opposed to you know week 14, then they, they should be in a better spot. But it's going to be really interesting to see just where the Ravens maybe take their chances with those two wide receivers.
2: And then on Clayus Campbell, is he expected the players he going to miss this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we've he's still got a pretty pronounced limp when we see him in the locker room, hasn't mm. practiced. This this week, uh, so I don't think we'll we'll see him out there. But the, you know, they do have some pretty good depth up front. Uh, I think they're the biggest. Uh, the biggest detriment to not having Calais is, is just the, the pass rush they 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 aren't getting as much of a inside push as, as they normally would um you know project washington's a really good player just a matter of BK is a terrific run defender but neither really has the kind of oomph that that you get from Calais Campbell as a, as a pass rusher so um they, they've really struggled to uh, get after the quarterback on play action passes i think if you go back and look at that that first raven Steelers game i think you know uh, Mr. Bisky had all the time in the world to throw off play action and the ravens just maybe because of how you know gap sound they are when they try to defend the run, Maybe they aren't as aggressive enough in getting after the passer on some of those run fakes, but um, they're, they're going to need to to get in, uh, you know, in pickett's face on, on Sunday because they just haven't done a, a good job enough of that, a, a good enough job of that, and um, you know, not having Calais I think is a is a pretty big loss. Although I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, for super long. I think they'll probably get him back for the postseason. And,
0: and the field, and Steelers and field, field goals are safe. Need
3: to say nothing <laughs> of that. On the same yeah. page there.
2: Uh, what did they ask you, Jonas, about Justin Houston? Super hot start, eight and a half sacks his first nine weeks, just a half sack since. I know he's still playing. Maybe the role's been reduced slightly. What happened to create that hot start and now the, the pretty quiet back half of the year?
3: Yeah, I think he was just in the right place at the right time for a lot of the, the pass rush games that they were working with. Um, it, it, you're right that it has. I think he's still been their, their most productive pass rusher, but I think his, his pressure rate, I was looking at this, last week was like down he was you know maybe in the 80s or 90s in terms of all you know nfl players or all nfl edge rushers and that was the best uh you know pressure rate among the ravens defenders basically since the bye week so Mm -hmm. um uh, you know he's an older guy i don't know if there's any any wear and tear on his body you know they, they do a pretty good job of of managing his snaps but they just haven't really been able to to find a guy who can you know bend the edge like uh like the Steelers have so um maybe he's due for a bounce back game but uh they, they just haven't really been able to to find the kind of winning combination of players to to affect quarterbacks on the edge there i mean most of their effective pass rushing honestly has come from their inside linebackers, you know, with Roquan Smith blitzing or with Patrick Queen blitzing, or one of those, you know, two guys just having the 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 middle zone and, and coming up and you know, bringing down a quarterback as he starts to scramble and bring them down before the, the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, Mike McDonald's a, a creative uh, designer, creative play caller, but uh, he definitely needs more from, from, you know, some of the guys up front because Adafi Owe, who was obviously a first round pick last year, just hasn't done a lot. Tyus Bowser coming off the Achilles uh, tendon tear. Um, you know, credit to him for being another good run defender, another good uh, pass defender. You know, they they ask him to drop into zones, but just doesn't have the burst that he had, that he had last mm-hmm. year, which is understandable. So, um, like I said, they're going to need more from the pass rush because if not, um, they they just don't have the the manpower um, at cornerback. I think to you know withstand some of these three second pass plays.
2: My last question for you, Jonas, and I'll uh, let Dave finish things up. I, I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, but is Justin Tucker mortal now? Is he finally you know, <laughs> falling back to earth a little bit with some of the missed field goals? And he was still a great kicker, but he's missed
3: a couple.
1: He bleeds his own blood now. <laughs> he does.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the one of the kicks uh, we asked, we talked to uh, Chris Horton, who's the special teams coordinator here yesterday. I, I think one of them, was just a breakdown up front uh, along that line. One of the the, the blocks, another one was uh, just you know the weather. I think having to do something with with maybe how he kicked it or, or how the ball came off his foot. Um, you know, it, it is strange that he, he made the Pro Bowl. Um, it's not strange that he made the Pro Bowl, but it's it's strange that he made the Pro Bowl like despite having what is now basically I think the worst. Uh, field goal accuracy of his career maybe I mean, it might have changed since since the last game and he made a couple against Atlanta but um, you know pretty much the only time that he misses is, is outside 50 and they, they ask him to make a lot of long kicks especially with how this offense can kind of get stuck in the mud um, once it crosses midfield so I, I think you know I don't think he's missed a kick in Pittsburgh since his rookie year uh, you know, and, and I'm sure all the Steelers fans are <laughs> knock on wood right now, but he, <laughs> he he just, he just doesn't miss at Heinz field slash Ackerster stadium.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, he miserable. They should cut him. I think I, I really, I really think <laughs> they should cut him. Uh, we'll wrap up here. David or What's the, uh, what's the feel about him? You know, obviously missed a lot of the season here, but he's got the motor running again. What's your quick early thoughts on him? Uh,
3: Jonas. Uh, we, we've only got eyes on him for one defensive snap, Dave. So uh not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of uh, tape to, to go off of. But
1: practice wise, you know, got got the motor running and all.
3: Yeah, we, we don't get you know whole like a great look at what these guys are doing. I mean, you know, everyone can look bad, can look good in in you know shorts and a t shirt, right? And he's definitely one of them. I mean, the, the one thing when I was kind of poking around the numbers, and again, this is like the ultimate beware the small sample sizes. Some of the next gen stats stuff was, um, you know, has get off time uh, for for these edge rushers. And again, one defensive snap, this is a, I think a right. long play against Cleveland, but he had like a, a get off time, I think of 0.6 seconds. And like the, in, I think an elite time in the NFL is like 0.75. So again, I don't know if that was because of the fact that he knew he didn't have to worry about the run and he, he knew that he could just get after the passer. But I think that was a pretty interesting uh, little, little stat to, to uncover. And uh, I don't know if he is primed for a, you know, a bigger role over these next couple of games. games. Um, he, he didn't play against Atlanta after being active against Cleveland. Um, he played more on special teams when he did play against Cleveland than he did, than he did on defense. Maybe it comes to a situation where they really need his pass rush. Um, you know, he, he was not a good run defender in college. If you guys remember that that game where uh, Georgia just absolutely bush, right. bushwhacked Michigan last year, I think they basically had to take him off the field because he could not set the edge there as a as a run defender. So um, he's got some, you know, learning to do there. But um, obviously the, the hope is that he can become a, a premier pass rusher and you will start next year. I just think like with Tyus Bowser, it's a, it's a little bit unrealistic to expect a guy, coming off an Achilles tear especially as recently as March to to be a legit primetime player
1: all right Jonas uh, uh Sunday night uh you know uh, what, what's going to happen here Ravens going to end the Steelers' season here uh in Baltimore they will Ravens fans and and Ravens obviously would love nothing more than that to get a uh sweep over the uh Steelers how many field goals for for <laughs> Justin Tucker in this or give us a final score what's going to happen
3: I think I had two Justin Tucker field goals, but I had a Steelers win, uh, 17-13. I, oh wow, I okay. I just think, you know, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. I think he's going to have better answers for uh, this Ravens run game. Uh, you know, I don't think, obviously, Mitch Trubisky had uh, some really high highs and some really low lows right. uh, against the Ravens. Uh, I think Pickett probably will have a, little bit more of a steady heartbeat and, and not throw away some of the, the points that he did and some of the opportunities that he had in the red zone so uh, you know i think it's going to be a classic raven Steelers slobber knocker right. I, I i really don't have a, a great sense for, for what will happen but I, I just don't see the ravens running for 200 yards but if they do i mean watch out because it's obviously a legit legit Pittsburgh on defense.
1: Uh, you say 17-13 Steelers in, right?
3: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, great. Jonas, look, uh, we appreciate your time, especially this close together in these two games. We know uh, you're a busy guy. got to cover the Ravens. You're even, I think, at the facility right now. Alex and I want to have you on during the offseason and all talk a little bit of Ravens as well, too, and hopefully you'll join us uh, come then. But in the meantime, Jonas, uh, uh, we'll get uh, send people to uh, BaltimoreSun.com to read your stuff and get you on Twitter at Jonas Schaefer. Jonas. Happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. And thanks again for joining uh Dave and Alex on the
3: Terrible Podcast. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
2: And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. And again, our special thanks to Jonas Schaefer. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Jonas underscore Schaefer. Um he's done an incredible job and we're really happy to have him be our kind of our new Ravens beat guy.
1: Yeah, and uh, Alex and I, uh, we'll we'll key in, had a couple of nice conversations with Jonas before and after uh, the show there, and uh, look, this guy wants to kind of be our go-to guy, and we're going to have some uh, off-season conversations with him as well, too. He did note that several of you did reach out to him that last time uh, around, and and. That means a lot to to Alex and I. Look, as we wind this season down uh, here, we've had quite a few newer beat writers if you will come on the show this year and uh it's important to have these relationships with them so we so during the off season we can talk to a few of them and then during the season at a moment's notice we can say hey in two days can you be on the show so it really means a lot to alex and myself and really to beat writers as well too if you reach out to them if you're on twitter we realize a lot of you probably aren't on twitter but if you are you know, reach out to these guys on Twitter and say, look, thank you. I heard you on the terrible podcast. Uh, appreciate your time. That's that's the biggest reward that these guys can get is to, uh, for an opposition, you know, uh, fans of a, another team, appreciate them, if that makes sense. I know we talk about this all the time here, but uh, I, I, it really is a big help to us if you do that and let these guys know that they're heard.
2: Yeah, and uh we certainly appreciate everybody who tweeted at Jonas the first time around. I always try to at least interact with those uh comments where I get tagged in just to to say thank you and acknowledge that uh you guys are are helping out and it really makes those guys feel feel valued. So appreciate that again. All right, Dave, let's uh get into our own analysis and preview of the Steelers Ravens game coming in Sunday night this game being flex Pittsburgh of course 7 and 8 and hopefully this game um, being something to to them beyond just steelers ravens ravens 10 and five in this one can you just um recap just quickly one more time what the steelers are rooting for in in this weekend beyond of course beating baltimore
1: uh yeah absolutely uh look on sunday it it's I'm not going to get into all the ties again. Yeah, here, just the, but, the, the but, nuts and bolts. Uh, the nuts and bolts. You need the Dolphins to lose to the Patriots, and you want the Jets to lose to the Seahawks. Those are those are the two main things. Uh, look, if the Jets do beat the Seahawks, it, and the uh, and but the uh, as long as the Dolphins lose to the Patriots, the uh, the Steelers game still means something, but it will mean a whole hell of a lot more. Uh, if both the Jets and the Dolphins lose on Sunday. And and look, that, I think that's a realistic prop proposition here. You've got the, uh, you got the Dolphins playing on the road against the Patriots. They're not going to have Tua in this game. They, they'll have, uh, or at least it doesn't sound like they're going to have Tua. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, would, would be the guy to start there. And as far as the Jets go, You got Mike White going against Geno Smith in this one. Geno's looked really good. This game is in Seattle as well, too. Uh, Yeah, Mike White coming back for for a rib injury. So those are the two games that you really want to pay attention to uh, on Sunday. It would be absolutely fantastic if this remains in the Steelers, you know, kind of, you know, staying in this, but with a win. Uh, Sunday night. It, 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 it will take away quite a bit from this game if you play it Sunday night and the Steelers are eliminated, obviously.
2: Right. It'll still mean something, but it's going to be a deflating feeling. My terrible take today is actually kind of on that in 2019. Pittsburgh needed to win and needed help um, to, to make the playoffs. They did not get it. Basically, they knew by halftime they were not going to make the playoffs. It was a rainy day and it just kind of really you know, came out flat uh, the rest of the way. But um, yeah, bottom line is as weird as it is, you have to be Patriots fans this weekend, which is not a position that Pittsburgh fans are, are normally comfortable being in. But you need the Patriots to, uh, to throwing out ties, you need them to beat the Dolphins.
1: Right, absolutely. All right,
2: let's talk about Baltimore here. And frankly, Dave, because these two teams just played each other, and because there are not any significant changes in personnel since, I think our conversation about what the Ravens do well offensively and defensively won't be a whole lot different offensively. We know it's the run game. We know that they're going to ask Huntley, Huntley to, to manage the game, not do too much. We know keep his attempts at basically 10 to 15 in this one, run with Dobbins, run with Edwards. Um, it, it's nothing mystical, nothing magical about what they do offensively.
1: What'd y'all, what'd y'all do? Copy and paste your uh, last?
2: Uh... <laughs> I was tempted to. I was just like, here's a link to the last one. It's no different.
1: <laughs> you, you turn on that Falcon State, man. Uh uh, as, as my old, as my grandpa used to say, same beep, different day. You a lot know? of beeps today. We got a lot of, edits a lot, a lot, lot of beeps. Well, oh, that I was raised with a lot of beeps in my family, <laughs> uh, uh, within there, if you will. Uh, I, I joke about it, but you know, they're looking for a seal here and a seal here. And they're looking to run in the alley. I mean, a lot of guys on the move there, man. It's amazing. To watch how much they even the center Tyler Linderbaum, man, how much they get him on the move. Uh they've got Morgan Moses back, right? That's a guy that's uh, that they'll they'll get on the move from the tackle position. Uh all of their offensive linemen for the most part, they're not afraid to to uh to get on the move. Additionally, they're not afraid to run the outside zone uh w- with those guys, and they will set you up. Uh, and get and elongate your defense by either some motion aspects of it uh, or they will they will get the line going one way and they'll let Huntley go out the back door on the other way. Uh, There, So all those elements would probably within the scripted plays here, the first 15, if things go their way, you're going to see their offensive lineman on the move pulling. You're going to see some outside zone and you're going to see some misdirection with a keeper with uh, with 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 Huntley going out out the back door. All that will elongate the Steelers defense and then hopefully open up gaps for them where they can get J.K. Dobbins on a 75 yard run.
2: Yeah, you said that well. I think it's a lot of gap scheme uh, to the field side. Um, it's a lot of pistol. It's trying to get some downhill motion. It's maybe trying to hide which direction it's going to go. I think the Ravens are a pretty balanced team. They were in that, that first matchup where they're not going to be three tight ends to one side. They're going to line up two by two. They're going to line up pretty balanced and, and, and be in pistols. So they can go left. They can go right. They have the same numbers on either side. It's really hard to know where their strengths of the run game is going to be in terms of where they're going to have the bodies, where they're going to have the numbers. And so that makes it an additional challenge for Pittsburgh's defense. I will say though, I mean, obviously while schematically, they're not really any different in the personnel besides quarterback hasn't changed dramatically. This offense has not been good with, uh, with Tyler Huntley Uh, since Lamar got hurt. So basically since week 13 until now, the Ravens are averaging 11 and a half points per game. That's last in football. When Jackson was playing, they were averaging 25 points per game. In the red zone over the last three games, Their the NFL's worst at 22% or 35% on third down. Obviously, when you go from Lamar to anybody, um, in this case, Tyler Huntley, there's going to be a drop-off. But this offense, they've controlled the ball, but like Pittsburgh, they're not really finishing drives well. And their offense has really struggled to put points on the board.
1: Yeah, also, real quick, if there's a guy that you want to take the lead pipe to, you know... Uh, early in the game is probably Patrick.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. I think he and Josh Oliver were their MVPs of that first game, to be honest. Holy
1: moly, that guy can, you know, you want to talk about a guy, a virtual chess piece on offense that you can line up anywhere uh, in this thing. It's that guy in the line of scrimmage, backfield, H back, split him out if you want to put him in the back. That guy there is a wrecker. Uh, mm-hmm. he is an offensive game wrecker is what he is. I think that's the best way to describe him and just watching that. Uh, it's not like we didn't know this, right. Going into the first game we talked about him several times, but you turn on that tape from the from from the Falcons game and just, uh, what that guy provides that team is absolutely incredible. Uh, to your point about, uh, uh, Huntley and how he's played, he's, I, Going into this season, we talked. I talked. You know, we talked to uh, Jonas about this too. I was a I was a lot higher on Huntley going into this season as their backup than I am now after watching him play uh, on, 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 on tape. Here, uh, he has still made some good throws. There's a there's a uh, cover one uh, man situation down the right side to I think Mark Andrews, which by the way, I mean, that guy I had to I had to do a double take to to to. I, to think that wasn't a wide receiver on that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is healthy now. Mark Andrews is healthy now. Uh, and he, and he, and he can function like a wide receiver there. It was a good throw on that, but he has missed. Uh, he is having processing issues. I think uh, uh, Huntley and he's, uh, he's not a guy that I don't, I think that you want putting it in the air 20, to 30 times a game here. So I think that's doubly important for the Steelers to get a lead in this situation, get him in the third down situations. Uh, You've got to make him beat you uh, dropping back and being a passer. And like I said, I don't know about you, Alex, but from where I was thinking going into the season, boy, they got themselves a good backup here. Uh, They're they're another team. They're moving the football, but they're not scoring the football.
2: Right. And to your point, you know, you want to forced Huntley to have to, to put more on his shoulders than what he's had to so far. I uh, saw in the Browns game, they tried to you know throw a bit more. Jonas talked about playing from behind in the second half, and it did not go well. Conditions were an issue that game, but still uh, Huntley could not move the football Ravens score three points. You got to create splash on first down. You got to get some tackles for loss. You can't allow them to even run for three yards consistently on first down because they're going to be in third manageable, open up the whole playbook, their boot game, their run game, etc., um, you got to get some splash on early downs to like that was the Panthers game. They got splash on early downs. The Panthers couldn't uh, run the football. They had to throw on third and long. And, and generally speaking with a couple exceptions, they, they struggled in those moments. They couldn't sustain throughout. And so that's got to be the mission here.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I I I think you've got to, and hope Greg, uh, Greg Roman gets a little bit cute in this thing as well too. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. uh, And, and, I'm not expecting the Steelers come out and put 14 nothing up on the board there but maybe you do get enough stop uh, stops early uh in this thing that uh you know maybe they try to get too cute and think they can become a passing team and all like that
2: yeah, in the passing game, it's really no different. Mark Andrews on Benders to isolate him backside three by one, Um, occasionally, especially end to half type stuff. Got to have it moments. One guy who's kind of emerged, as Jonas talked about, Devin Duvernay no longer. That receiver room's just been hurt by so many injuries this year to Bateman. Now to Duvernay, but the Marcus Robinson has not been a big play threat, but it's kind of become Huntley's favorite target. Yeah, Over the last three games on. 19 receptions, one touchdown, Um, by far the most receptions of any. Receiver on this Ravens team and so There's one guy to look at so it's the former chief DeMarcus Robinson
1: yeah look he's He's kind of come out of nowhere and he's he's kind of Made a name for himself he is he is a weapon now uh, on this team for sure. Now you know most of their passing game obviously wants to wants to run through uh, Mark Andrews, but uh, he is a guy that can. Uh, uh, when you talk about Robinson, he's a guy that can deliver a big play for him, and he's not a guy that I really was paying much of attention to uh, for, for the Ravens when the, you know uh, when looking at them ahead of the season starting starting. But uh, he is he he's up there in catches for them for sure, and he is a big weapon for them. Uh, one that can. Uh, especially deliver a big play for them down the sideline.
2: Yeah. Now, generally speaking, it's been a shorter pass game. Huntley certainly gets the ball out much quicker. Lamar has the third longest snap to throw time in football at three seconds. I don't know exactly what Huntley's is. Next gen isn't showing that for me, but I know it's a lot quicker than three seconds. And, and the bottom line is, and again, this is no surprise on the numbers. From weeks 13 to 16, the Ravens lead the league in rushes of 10-plus yards in their 30th and 20-plus yard completions with five. And so, again, they are a run first, run second, run third. Can you create some splash on first down? Certainly, Pittsburgh has to get back to fundamental football, taking on blocks, getting off blocks. Um, They didn't miss a lot of tackles in that first game. They just really weren't in their gaps, and they weren't getting off of blocks. You don't do those things. You're going to have a bad day. That's what Mike Tomlin said they had in week uh, 13 or week 14. But that can they cannot have another
1: bad day. Look, and we talked about this. You know how much blame do you put on a team that gave up the the low amount of points like that? but yet still gave up 200 yards rushing. Right. Right. You know, uh, where, where is the, where is the fine line there? Well, I think the fine line is that you can't let the Ravens possess the football, uh, as long. So you definitely got to get that to, uh, 200 yards d- down considerably and in the same breath, uh, limit them to the amount of points that they had on the scoreboard there. And I know that's asking a lot, but that's how, This 2022 uh, uh, Steelers team has got to win, right? They've got to uh, keep scoreboard score score low, uh, limit the you know limit the other team on the time of possession, and you know possess the football themselves, and 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 score when they do get down in the red zone there. So you got to ask a little bit more out of your uh, out out of your out of your defense this time, and not give up that 72 or whatever yard run it was to uh to Dobbins and what, what was what was the other explosive play in that game you remember they did a good job overall i thought in that game it was really just the
2: one it was the 44 right. yarder by Dobbins which you know was the the big play they had in that one
1: right uh they had uh the 44 to Dobbins 25 to uh the oh that deep one down the left side to uh Deshaun Jackson for 25 then they had another short pass to Robinson that went for uh, 23 yards. So they only had three explosive plays uh, in that game. But one of them was a double explosive play that we talk about. And then that double explosive play was followed up uh, with, the, with a short touchdown mm-hmm. run there. So, right. uh, you know, you got to protect those blades of grass in there.
2: I know to your point. To ask a defense to basically hold a team to under, you know, whatever it is, 15 points, 16 points is, is asking a lot, but both teams are rowing the same boat. I mentioned earlier, the Ravens are averaging 11 and a half points per game since week 13, yet they're three and one. And even in the game they lost, they only held the Browns or they only allowed the Browns to score 13 points. And so they, they won what, 17 to nine against Atlanta. Uh, They beat Pittsburgh 16, 14, they beat Denver 10 to nine. And so both teams have the same mission, run the ball and play excellent, you know, punch even above your weight type defense to keep that score down. Um, that's going to be the philosophy overall. So it's really no change and, and both teams mirror themselves pretty well.
1: And look, you know, in that first game, they held uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, I, you know, they'll, they'll be lucky to hold Mark Andrews to two to seven for, for two catches for 17 yards again. But if they can keep them, I don't know, three or four catches, you know, forty something yards. They did a great job on Robinson overall. Uh, Sands that explosive play there. Uh, he had five catches for fifty-two yards. Uh, it 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 can be done, but you've got to have better gap. You've got to be more sound up front in that, uh, and they're not going to have Wormley. Remember Wormley went down and right. I think that was the game that Wormley went yep. down in and, uh, he was playing pretty good football at the time there. So people not name, you know, we, we expect a better game out of Cameron Hayward, uh, than we had, than he had in the first time. Uh, I think, uh, uh, highsmith and, and, and what will be fine. It's what happens on that, uh, on that offense. I mean, on that defensive line, uh, other than then, then Cameron Hayward and obviously the the, uh, the linebackers getting in those gaps. that is the single big biggest key to this game is is uh, taking away the one dimension that they are pretty much on offense and that's uh, that's running the football with dobbins.
2: Yep. Need Montrevious Adams to play well. Need Larry Ogunjobi to play well. I thought both guys have been playing better. Uh, Ogunjobi over the last two weeks. Adams had a really strong performance against the Raiders. Those guys did not play well at all in that Ravens game. Again, no one did, including Cam Hayward, including the entire front seven. Um, but it, it, it's more than Cam Hayward. It is truly an 11-man job to defend this run game. And so everybody has to to do their job.
1: Yeah, look, if we're talking about another Ravens win on Monday, it's because they've rushed for a another 150-something yards, and it's because Mark Andrews has, you know, six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown.
2: Exactly. So let's look over to the Ravens' defense here, and while it's still a really strong and stout unit top to bottom, they are dealing with injuries as we talk about Clay's Campbell. Marcus Peters not looking like they're going to play in this one, and to me again, Campbell is the big name here. Peter's. Good player, but Campbell. I think they're going to miss more because he is one of the rocks, one of the rankers, and uh, makes up, for my money, the best run defense in football.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really does. And you know, I you you've got to you as long as this game is close. You've got to try to run the football. I think in this, you, you you really do, and you know that's something that they probably didn't do enough of uh, in that first game uh, with the closest, or at least not uh, successful enough. Uh, they have got to try to run the football up the gut. They have got to try to get their offensive linemen, uh out to the second level, uh, and 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 on to Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith there. Uh, uh, playing, you, this cannot be, in my opinion, a game where Kenny Pickett has to drop back and throw 30-something times again. You know, it sure. it, 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 it just can't be. Uh, we saw this team have a little bit of the success once Mitch Trubisky came into the game of uh, pushing the football vertically down the field on the outside. Uh, there's going to be, I think, opportunities to do this uh, with them uh, uh in 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 you know, they play a lot of zone coverage overall, but there are uh situations where they that, where they will be in man. So anytime that you get them in the man situation with those corners, Humphrey and who you know, the, the kid on the other side is probably going to play in place of of Peters, that's when you probably want to go after them, uh uh them. Uh, the, their linebackers are educated enough to kind of read. Look, they, they read, they know what what the Steelers like to try to do with, with, with Pat Firemuth uh, there. You need to mix that kind of stuff up uh, there. Uh, We talked about at the end of the game, what the Steelers did uh, with, 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 with Connor Hayward. And you need to show them some things that, that maybe they're going to look for, but you have wrinkles on them. I hope that we're talking after this game, uh, Alex, about, oh, look, they, you know, they've shown this the last couple of weeks, but here's what they did off of. And it really fooled the Ravens in that because you're going to have to out scheme slash uh, out execute this to win. This is going to be one of those 16, 14 games. I think.
2: Yeah. It's always low scoring. It's always tight. It's always coming down to the last final minutes. That's just, that's almost every single Steelers Ravens game. That's the, the rivalry personified. I think when I look at this Ravens defense, not that it's a major surprise, but you know, I, I think about the inside linebackers of, of Smith and Queen, and those guys do not leave the field. I'm talking about both guys. I mean, they played 90% of the snaps the last three games in every single game. Third and 10, first and 10, two minute, doesn't matter. Those guys stay on the field, and as they should, they're they're playmakers, and obviously their impact was felt in that first game. So as much as we talk about generally speaking, over the last couple of years. Throw the ball middle of the field, throw the ball middle of the field. I don't want to do that in this game. I'm keeping the ball sidelines, keeping the ball away from six, keeping the ball away from 18 because those guys are just so athletic, so good in coverage, playmakers. And I'm trying to I think really the boot game play action game is going to be one of the most effective concepts to, to beat a pretty aggressive and fast flow Ravens defense.
1: You're right. You're right, and look—I mean, those linebackers are good. Queen covers a lot of area. Uh, Roquan Smith covers a lot of area. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, some some talented safeties and all as well too. You're you're probably not going to fool them a lot in this game, I don't think. Uh, but I hope there is some situations we're talking about the Steelers' offense building building off of some things that they've done, breaking some tendencies, and all. They're not going to fall for the fullback dive. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of situation there. I mean, where's the, where's the wheel route, uh, at, you know, uh, Jalen Warren, get the, get the ball in the hands of your running backs, uh, out of Kenny Pickett's hands. You know, we, we saw in this last game, finally, them start to start to use the running backs a little bit more, uh, in the passing game. Uh, uh, you got to do that kind of stuff there. We, we have got to see the Steelers have got to be the ones with 120 or 130, 140 rushing yards in this game as well, too.
2: Yeah, just even without Campbell, it's so tough to do. I don't know what what run scheme do you think works the most effectively. I think it's really just a downhill man duo scheme and hope you can win at the point of attack because I think running outside, running perimeter-type runs is going to be really tough to do.
1: I agree. I mean, look, you've, you've got to get your guys to the next level. on you got to get bodies on them linebackers. And without them having Calais Campbell, maybe that'll help. Uh, yeah. uh, and normally he lines up, I think normally – Nine eight, seven times out of ten on the right, looking at the back of the, their their defense on their right side. So that means uh, Kevin Dotson and and Dan Moore got got to do the work, I think, in this one.
2: Yeah, and those guys are capable of being good run blockers, and they were against Carolina, I thought, for example. And so those guys have to step up in a big way and grow up a lot uh, in this game. But um, yeah, I, I like I said earlier, I think they're not going to be fooled, but the Ravens are pretty aggressive, and, and they can be vulnerable to to biting on some of those boots and guys get open in the flats. I have a cut up of that to my, my uh, Ravens scouting report. So that's something I'll lead on sideline throws, um, maybe testing Brandon Stevens, if Peters is going to miss. Those are things that we'll look at as well. Um, from a coverage standpoint, you know, and players have talked about this all week and Canada spoke about it a bit as well. Ravens played a lot of zone in that first matchup. And I thought Pittsburgh was a bit too static against the Ravens zone. They really weren't moving. They weren't finding the soft spots. Again, zone coverage, um, on early downs in particular, the Ravens are, are their most zone heavy, uh, you know, that's, that's what they play the most. And so beating zone, working leverage, getting open, finding grass, that'll be important.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, they, they are really, really heavy, uh, trying to pull back up some of these, some of these stats here, but, uh, uh, look, you you got to here it is. You got you got to exploit. Uh, let's see, it looks like twenty four percent man coverage uh, with them, and zone coverage sixty one. And from the last, oh I don't know, uh, from week thirteen, I think uh, here uh, they have been playing a little bit more man thirty one percent since week thirteen versus fifty five percent in 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 zone coverage. Let me fast forward this to... Like yeah, on
2: third and long, they'll man up because right. they're going to bring some other pressures. But uh, I still imagine on, on first and second down, they're they're relying on zone quite a bit.
1: Let me, let me pull those numbers uh, here.
2: But regardless, man or zone, still got to win your matchup, still got to uh, find space, get open, and quarterback's got to make a good read. Right. You have those... Uh, all, let's see... And their zone is a variety of things. It's, it's some too high, cover two, cover four, cover six, be a little less cover three, but they, they do a good job rotating the coverage at the snap and, and safety spin down. And so you have to be able to read that on the fly.
1: Yeah, I can't get this to start. Looks like first and second down uh, last couple of weeks. Well, let's let's slide it back to uh, week, uh, beginning of the season here. Uh, 65% zone, uh, zone, uh, coverage, uh, on first and second downs.
2: Okay. So you're seeing the uptick there, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I saw on tape. Okay. Anything else when you think about the Ravens in the secondary, even without Peters, I mean, they got good safeties. They got Hamilton and Clark and stone. Marcus Williams had a pick in his first game back against, uh, against Pittsburgh earlier this year, uh, Humphrey, you know, I think he had a forced fumble. He's always one guy that punches the ball out as well as any cornerback in football. So a lot of threats to, to account for.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, uh, uh pick, if you get some pickings on Humphrey, you got to try to take advantage of that. Like he did in that last game, but, uh, you know Brandon Stevens over there is just begging. That, that's probably the guy. Whoever he gets at times, you you might you might try to work on in all situations, zone uh, or, or 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 obviously man.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think schematically, really, this can work against any defense. It's not specific or particular to Baltimore, but I think Canada has done a better job in recent weeks. So using stacks and bunches to create free releases, moving Johnson inside of the slot, moving Pickens in, inside of the slot just being less static and, and kind of being able to create some better releases and letting Johnson uh, create space. And, and that'll be something that they'll have to continue against a, a talented Raven secondary.
1: All right. Special teams uh, need, need to see a play. Need, need to, Where's the plays been, Alex? We've been talking all season about uh, uh, special teams having to make a play. Uh, somebody make a play. We really haven't seen a play since uh, 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 Steven Sims ran one back multiple, who was that against the page, uh, not a Tampa big, Bay, good, uh, Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, we, we need to see a play. We need to see, to uh, see a turnover. We need to, we need to see this, this special teams unit deliver something.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, those I think, that is always the difference in, in most games, but especially in a game that you know is going to be close as tightly contested as Steelers Ravens. Again, what's the number in their meetings? Like the, the scoring different, the point differential between these two teams over the last 20 meetings is five points or 20 yeah. points or whatever. It is something insane, something super, super tight. Um, special teams always comes down to, to to winning those close games. And for me, like I said earlier, I'm just worried about don't get a punt block. Cause if you get, if you get a punt block in this game with the Ravens come in and block one, that, right. that's game over. I mean, the, the, the number I think, but eighty percent of teams who block a punt win win the game, something like that. Wow. In, in this type of environment, um, you know that, that that's blouses, that's game over, and so that's my concern there. But close games, Tucker versus Boswell, who's going to be on the field last? Who's going to make that kick last? that's usually what these things come down to.
1: Absolutely, and it it's about time we see the special teams unit step up. And yeah, it, now we have to make game. the play instead of Calais Campbell ends up special teams player of the week.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's what it came down to. A field goal block in a two point game. It's one of those splash plays that isn't a big return or something like that, but it's a it's a big block. And again, if they don't have Campbell, what they lose defensively is important, but what they lose in, in that unit because that guy's got I don't know how many blocks he has. It's he's like the Ted Hendricks of this era. I mean, it's uh it's pretty wild. So that'll right. be that'll be a big loss for them as well. All right. Any final thoughts here on Baltimore? I think that covers it pretty well. Right, right. All right, Dave. Uh, before we make our picks for Week 17, including the Steelers Ravens game Sunday night, let's hear from our friends over at my bookie.
1: All right, Alex. The holiday season is upon us, and my bookie is into giving spirit still with 12 straight days of giveaways from odds boost to casino chips to straight up lots. My bookies 12 days of giveaways is a can't miss promotion started on December 21st and it ends on January 1st. So you got a few more days for this. You can bring in the new year, right? With giveaways that can help you fill your stocking with cash this season, sign up now at my bookie use promo code terrible on your first deposit to redeem a bonus of up to $200. Again, that's promo code TERRIBLE to claim a brand-new deposit bonus designed for bettors looking to get cash in and cash out quick. Experience sports in a in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And additional promo details, this new deposit bonus is a 10% cash bonus on deposits of up to $2,000. The minimum deposit amount is $50, and the maximum bonus amount is $200. This bonus only has a one-time rollover amount. It doesn't lock you in, which is a major pain pain point for online gamblers. Uh, Focus in, when when you're looking at this, focus in on the cash-in and cash-out aspect of the bonus and not the total percentage of the money there. So uh, take advantage of this before January 1st. Obviously got a lot of bowl games on tap. Uh, got the uh, got the rest of the uh, week uh, 17 NFL action. And go to myboogie.ag and use promo kick code terrible at sign up there.
2: All right, Dave, let's make our picks. Uh, we'll do the Ravens game, Steelers game, of course, last. We'll make the rest of our picks for a pretty eventful week 17.
1: Uh, and last night we both had uh, were laying the 14 points with the Dallas Cowboys against the Tennessee Titans. We're rooting for for for, for Josh Dobbs there, but uh, uh, our dead presidents were on the uh, on the Cowboys minus 14. And it ended up being a push. It ended up being a fourteen uh, point game. So we're uh, we're starting with a push in the category there. Or, uh, so I'm going to sign.
2: I don't want to deal with a lot of ties this week. Right, right, I, right, like I right. don't want that to
1: continue. Right, because you give the man some money that way. Uh, every, every every time you have a push, there he gets a little bit of the juice. Uh, Carolina Panthers on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the winner of you the know, look the win- whoever. Whoever wins this is going to have a good good shot at winning the division there. Uh Tampa Bay laying 3 at home about against the Buccaneers.
2: I mean, the Panthers ran for 3 bills against Seattle, so credit to them, but I think that Buccaneers run defense has still been pretty sturdy. So I want to give the Panthers their their due and what Steve Wilkes has done, but I'm going Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I think this is a game that uh Tampa gets their mojo back in. Uh, I think they blow them out, to be honest with you. I'll take Tampa later three points here. Cleveland Browns on the road against the Washington Commanders. Uh what, What's going on over there? there? What was the quote over there in Cleveland? Uh, uh, oh, Desha- Uh Deshaun Watson's checked off the box that he can <laughs> play in the cold or something like that. And what did he score, like 13 points or 14? <laughs> I, I It was crazy coming out of Mary Kay Cavett. I, 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 I. I had to look double, double check, make sure that wasn't a joke or something there. Browns on the road against the Commanders. Commanders laying two at home against the Browns.
2: Yeah, it's Carson Wentz taking over for Washington again. I will say Watson has not played well. He got hurt by some drops in that game by Njoku, Joker, I think by Cooper as well. That maybe skewed his uh, his box score stats a little bit. What's the line on this one again?
1: Uh, Washington laying two at home. Uh, you
2: know, Washington, that run defense, I, I think they've been okay. I'll go Washington.
1: I think the Browns get that running game going and get a field goal at the end to win this uh, Win this one. I'll take the Browns plus the two points. Saints on the road against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles laying six and a half at home against the Saints. It's an interesting game.
2: I know the Eagles have not yet officially announced their quarterback. I assume it'll still be Gardner Minshew for at least one more week. Um, I'm still going with the Eagles, though.
1: Yeah, I think they'll get it done in this game. They didn't have a good game, uh, especially defensively against the Cowboys there. I'll take the Eagles late to six and a half points. Uh, in the Who Cares Bowl, the Battle of the Birds, Cardinals at the Falcons. Uh, I think the, the Cardinals are going to have a uh, – you think they're going to clean house here after the season? Uh, Falcons laying three and a half at home against the uh, Cardinals, who, by the way, J.J. Watt's retiring. Uh, so the uh, next to last game for him.
2: Yeah. What a career for JJ Watt. Unfortunately, had it not been for injuries, it would have been even a, a greater career. Will they clean house? It's possible. It's an unhappy marriage. It appears between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I'll even go. Even
1: Kime might be out over there, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, I guess he's currently gone, right? He's on yeah. a, a health issue or something. Um, I'll go with the Falcons.
1: I'll go to Falcons with you later. Three and a half points in this one. They, the bears uh, at the, the Lions, uh, Lions laying six points at home. Bears playing out the string. Chase Claypool says, hey, the Bears made the right deal here, giving up a second round draft pick uh, for him. However, Colin, he's missed the last couple of games with a knee injury, and he's kind of questionable uh, for this one as well, too. I Even if you have him on the field, I don't know if they've got the, enough receivers to throw to, to all the injuries they've had. Mm-hmm. Lions laying six points in this one, Alex.
2: Yeah, Lions bounce back. I'm taking Detroit. Yeah, Claypool says everybody. Well, Claypool says he's smiling about this trade. Is he the only one though? At this point, I think it might be some some buyer's remorse. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Steelers are probably smiling about yeah, it too, it's, right? <laughs> it's, the
2: people smiling are Chase Claypool and Steelers yeah. fans, and that's it.
1: Yeah, look if uh, if you can't find the sucker at the table, right, you're probably the sucker. You're him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there
2: you go. You uh, taking Lions or Bears? I'm
1: taking Lions, late six points. Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against the Texans. Uh this really is a. Don't this game really don't mean much to Jaguars nope. either, right? I mean, it's nope. it's all it's all about next week here. Jaguars laying four points at home. I mean, on the road, laying four uh, on the road against the Texans.
2: I don't believe they're resting people though. The way Tennessee is, right. maybe I haven't been too plugged into that, but I have not heard they're they're resting people the way Tennessee did. But you're right, winner of that next week game against the uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville takes the south. I'm still going with Jacksonville.
1: I will as well. I'll lay the four points in this. Dolphins at the Patriots. This one is the game that should have been flexed, if you ask me. Uh, Patriots laying three at home against the Dolphins, who probably going to be without Tua.
2: I'm picking on pure emotion and want and trying to wish it into existence. So I'm taking the Patriots because I don't want to stay up till 4 a.m. just to see Pittsburgh have a game that does not uh, mean anything for the playoff status.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to be with you, too. My heart's a bleeding all over this one here. Go, Pats, go. Lay the three points. Colts on the road. I can't believe I just, I just threw up I my mouth a little bit there. <laughs> uh, Colts on the road against the Giants. Uh, uh, Giants laying Five and a half against the Colts.
2: Nick Foles might be the most, might be the least mobile quarterback in NFL history. And I watched Ben last year. (laughs) That really Uh, says something. uh, Matt
1: Matt Ryan, his teammate, has that, but he's not playing. So
2: I, you think I think Ryan's more mobile than Nick Foles was. I've never seen a quarterback. Just I mean, it it was it was the worst I've ever seen. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's not playing. The Giants. They're gonna win this one.
1: Give me the Giants slate of five and a half. I'm with you. Not a, not a
2: great week, seventeen of games.
1: No, it's not. not. A, yeah. Uh Denver Broncos. Uh uh what'd you think about Nickelodeon? Did you watch any of that? Uh, that was fantastic, man. They're kind good, of fun. Good for them. in the, the Patrick, you see the Patrick starting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fan. Good for them with that. Uh, uh, that made that game a lot more interesting against the Rams. Watching some of that stuff <laughs> and the Gronk, Elf, and all. Uh, I, 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 I like what they're doing there. Kansas City on the road laying 12 and a half against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, fired the replacements. That guy that the hack had hired as the as the consultant, very crazy situation there. You know, the Chiefs don't always uh, cover these things. I'm going with Denver. They get a little bit of life just in that 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 post firing world, but uh, Chiefs still win. Yeah, Broncos cover.
1: Yeah, I understand why you go that way. The old the old boost from the new, uh, like a Steve Wilkes type situation there. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. Give me the Chiefs to blow them out. I'll lay the 12 and a half big number in that. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets on the road against the uh, 12th man against the Seahawks up there. Believe it or not, the Jets are favored by one and a half on the road here. The Steelers really need a Seahawks win.
2: Yeah. Mike white being back for them is a huge boost. Um, I am not going to wish this one into existence. I'm going to go with the jets.
1: Wow. And if the jets win this, uh, then the jets would have to tie assuming the dolphins, uh, assuming the dolphins, uh, beat, uh, the, uh, uh, or lose to the Patriots, then we would be rooting for a jets dolphins tie in week 18. Uh, okay. Seahawks are gonna beat them, Alex. They're gonna beat them by a field goal late here. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take the point and a half here. 49ers on the road against the Raiders. Uh de- uh no car in this one. Uh hmm. for uh uh 49ers laying nine and a half in Vegas here.
2: Yeah, no car in the garage of this game. And will that car ever come back? And I don't hmm. know if that's gonna happen. Big decisions this offseason, Jared Stidham. Uh, starting against that 49ers defense, which is among the best in football. I'm going San Fran.
1: Oh, I'm with you. 49ers laid a nine and a half points in this Vikings on the road against the Packers. I think the Packers uh, things are turning around. For, uh, the, the, the cards are shaping up for them to maybe sneak in this thing somehow. Uh, Packers laying three and a half on the road against the or at home against the Vikings at Lambeau Field.
2: Yeah, we'll see what Christian Watson's doing, but it's coming together at the right time for Green Bay, making that last playoff push. I'm going with the Packers.
1: I'm not buying it. I, I think Washington, I mean, I think uh, Minnesota's a better team here. I think, I think Minnesota, uh, uh, Ends their dream this week. Uh, I will take Minnesota even straight up on this, and I want that three and a half points. Uh, Rams on the road against the Chargers uh, here. The Chargers have clenched a playoff spot as of uh, uh, this past Monday. Chargers laying six and a half at home against the Rams and Baker Mayfield.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the Rams find a way to cover this one at the least, so maybe the Chargers have a little less to play for overall. Maybe they're going to try to rest some guys. I'm going with Baker Mayfield.
1: Uh, this is going to be a touchdown game on the money. It'll be seven point game. So give me the charges. I'll lay that six and a half. Thank you, Vegas, for that half a point there. Uh, Buffalo Bills on the road against Cincinnati. Bills laying one against the Bengals in yep. Cincinnati. Big
2: game of the week, Monday night to finish this one off. Good
1: one to watch, isn't it?
2: It will be, yeah. Um. Man, which one do I want to go? That's, that's going to be really, I mean, it's, it's basically a pick em. It's a one point mm. uh, line there. I'll lean I'll lean the uh, the Bengals. I think their defense is a bit better. Buffalo's had some injuries. No Vaughn. Their safeties have been hurt. I'm going Cincinnati.
1: Uh, don't they get like Hubbard back or something this week as well to at defensive end? I think I, so. I, I think yeah, he's working his way back here. Uh, I'm with you, Alex. I think Cincinnati wins this straight up uh, at home. Uh, I will take that point. Uh, we'll circle all the way back to Sunday night here. Alex Ravens at home hosting the Steelers. The Ravens are two and a half point favorites here. I've got my score written down. It's gonna probably be exactly like yours.
2: Yeah, we're very in tune with these things. I know I know we're both gonna be low scoring close. So we're gonna be in the same range here. A lot, I thought, yeah, a lot
1: of field goals in this yeah. one. Yeah.
2: I thought what Jonas Schaefer said and, and we, we respect, appreciate his objectivity is, is basically my thoughts as well in this one. I don't think Baltimore's gonna run for 215 again. I don't think Pittsburgh's gonna throw three backbreaking costly interceptions and the Ravens offense, you know, although they've controlled the football have have not put points on the board and they got you know, missing Campbell, missing Peters. Um, those are pretty substantial losses. So this thing's close. as always last five minutes of the game as it was in that first matchup. I'm going to be optimistic here though, and say Pittsburgh 17, Baltimore 16.
1: Uh, it's not great analysis for me just to say it, it sounds lazy. If I just say, say what Alex said, <laughs> Uh, what Alex
2: said, what Jonas said, can I just repeat yeah, What Jonas
1: said, and I'm with you. They, you know, they're not going to let him run for 200 yards in this game. They, they better not let him run for two. They better not let him run for a buck 50 in this game. Uh, do you know, may, get a couple this time? They need to be, I think they're the team this time with, uh, with Huntley, uh, giving them a couple of turnovers on the on, on the steeders side of field here. Uh, there's gonna be a lot. hope you like field goals in this one because there's gonna be a bunch of them. Uh, I actually have the steeders hitting the 19 point Ooh, in man. uh in this. So I had this written down as 1916. I think I might have had that as the my 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 pick the last time around here as well too, but a lot of field goals in this game. I think the Steelers uh, uh, get one late to break the tie. Nineteen sixteen Steelers, they win one. They keep the uh, the the uh, uh, the Seahawks beat the Jets. The uh, Patriots beat the uh, beat the Dolphins here. Uh, we're still talking about Steelers playoff potential in week eighteen.
2: All right. I love it. Hope you're right about that one. But uh, yeah, so we're both both very close. You're 1916. I'm 1716. I knew we'd be in the ballpark on that one. And and that's probably what it's going to be. Something very, you know, this is not going to be a, unless something crazy happens, a 30 to to 28 type type of game.
1: All right. uh, Shall we get to a couple of emails real quick?
2: Yep. Let's get to some reader emails and close out today's show.
1: All right. Uh, I'm not going to read all of Bryce here. Blah, blah, blah. New Year, Steelers win. Blah, blah. How hypothetical. Uh, you both you both asked some hypotheticals recently. Uh, why did the NFL flex the Steelers-Ravens game? Answer ratings, ratings, ratings. Cowboys were on Thursday and the Steelers-Ravens could be winless and it would still be a ratings winner with a rivalry story. That's the answer to that. Sure, I I, I get why they did it. I just, you know, my, my biggest fear is, I, I think I think it would have been more intrigue, potentially, and, and hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this ends up they're gambling that the rated Raven Steeders is really going to mean something. And I get that. And if it is, it's probably it might be one of the highest rated uh, games for them on NBC this year.
2: Yeah, I'm going to pull your your Brian Windhorst and say, what does it mean? What does right. the NFL know they flex sure. this game? Do they have to get to get some intel on a situation before the rest of the public did? Do they have a feeling about how this, this Dolphins game is going to go to flex the Steelers game? Because you're right, they could have flexed the Dolphins game and made that one important as well. But like I guess they kind of make a choice and... Steelers Ravens, as you said, is always a a big ratings winner. Uh,
1: how in the world did the Steelers lose to the Jets? He says answer poor play, calling design turnovers, and Tomlin and Austin continuously rolling out uh, Millette's playing and coverage, making the game simple for Zach Wilson. Well, look, uh, uh there you want to circle one back to go back to if the Steelers don't make the playoffs, uh, yada yada. Uh that Jets game is a good place to start with uh with them being up, you know, uh with the Jets having to score two touchdowns with uh, less than seven minutes left, uh, there, uh, number three, uh, what do you do inside linebacker? Do you bring back Robert Splane? He says, answer, uh, I guess he's trying to answer kind of the hype of the things that we, mm-hmm. you know, highlight there. Uh, he says, answer, what do you pay a fifth linebacker special teamer? Uh, that's what you pay explain. Uh, and basically I think I've, I said in so many words that, minimum value guy. Well, you pay a number three linebacker. That's what you pay Bush. Uh, You bring back Robinson, of course, where Robinson's under contract. Uh, You bring back Jack and make him uh, the number two. Got to go out and find that solid number one, which is a tall task. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if this team goes out and tries to find a number, you know, uh, a number one linebacker in free agency, you know,
2: I guess add it to the list of the many guys yeah. they try to bring in. I think draft's the way to do it at this point. I think it's an important position, but you go D line before inside linebacker. If you have a good defensive line, your inside linebackers will look better. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made in that room.
1: Uh, Steve Novakovich writes in, is this offensive line good enough? Can the Steelers look for upgrades for offensive line depth this offseason and not go all in on a second day pick at left tackle or guard, uh, look for upgrades off and not go all in on and not go all in on a second day pick at left tackle or left guard. I mean, they, they can, They can look for upgrades, obviously, in free agency. I have a feeling if this team is going to do anything via upgrading the offensive line, they're going to do it via a draft pick. And and probably within the first three, three selections, I would think, from where I'd sit right now.
2: Yeah, I think trenches will be addressed early, whether that's O-line, D-line. It depends on a bunch of variables and, you know, depends on what free agents are out there and what the market is and who you sign and who you can convince. And, you know, there's a million ways this thing could go. So I still think they'll probably address something up front, Um, but there won't be dramatic changes the way that there were. You won't have a whole new starting five. You may have one new starting off month's alignment uh, in 2023. I don't know. There won't be the wholesale changes there. There was just a couple of years ago.
1: Look, I mean, you're you you have got to do any something anyway, probably via the draft because of uh depth. depth are you? I mean, you can re sign Jesse Davis if you want to on a minimum value uh uh deal. Uh, but you know, he is what he is. Uh, are you comfortable with JC Hosenhauer? Kendrick Green is not does not need to play another snap for the Steelers in the NFL, right?
2: No, and I don't think he will. So, yeah, there could be and a Trent
1: Scott. A, a, you got uh, uh, Myers boy, uh, 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 Myers boy, Trent Scott over there. Uh, they've got to do something anyway, just from a depth issue here via the draft.
2: Yeah, or maybe a veteran Joe Hague type of signing. I think cause they're going to add offensive line to some degree to what level you know, we'll have to see. Um, again, I just don't expect the wholesale changes to happen.
1: Right. I, I think you need to address. Address it during a draft at some point. Maybe even, maybe even two of them. You know. Yeah,
2: sure. got extra picks
1: uh, for 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 sure. There. Oh, I mean, it's. The, I guess it's not out of the question for them to go free agency route. But I would be surprised if they went another level like they did with James Daniel, right? At least, I, at least I would be surprised if it's something along those lines. If they went out and addressed it in free agency, I would expect it to be a cheaper you know, a cheap deal
2: probably, but I haven't even looked at what names are out there or anything like that. So it, again, there's a lot of ways they could do this thing. They'll probably, it'll probably be a combination of both. They'd be a cheap region and a, in a high traffic, something like that.
1: All right. uh, One last one. And this is from Arthur Elliott, and it's probably more directed to you, Alex, because you're such a Kenny Pickett uh, hater. Oh, I I was
2: getting it bad yesterday. Oh
1: man, you got it bad in that thread. And it was even a positive Yeah, it was a
2: positive Uh, video. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. Arthur Elliott writes in, David Alex, watching the game live, it seemed to me that Kenny was really ripping it. How would you rank his arm strength in comparison to the rest of the NFL? And how impressive was it for him to be that effective in the conditions Saturday night? Hope both Alex and you had a great holiday. Thanks for that, Arthur. Look, there... there were a couple of those quick uh, slants and all, and, and throws over to you know shorter twelve, fifteen. He he was ripping it in those conditions. Uh, Arthur, I will tell you this still. Uh, I, I I've got to see Kenny. Uh, we, he can make the back shoulder throw to George Pickens. We know that, right, Alex?
2: Yeah, it helps that it's George Pickens catching that because he catches everything. But yeah, right. he's got good accuracy, and they have a good connection.
1: I got to see the arm down the field. Still, I got to see the arm down the yeah. field. That's, that's where I want to see the arm still is down the field period with him. I, I don't doubt his, arm. he really, he was ripping some of those. I thought the conditions and thought a good, did, did, did a good job. Uh, I think Alice, uh, Alex's analysis though, in that video, uh, that he did, he pointed away and that was that off, uh, that out of structure play that we talked about throwing back mm-hmm. to the, to the, to the middle of the field with, 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 with Pat, with Pat Farmer, that was fantastic. That was a play that got swept underneath the rug that people don't probably don't remember a key play in that game. Uh, however, comma, it was, that was a very uneven game for, for, for Kenny Pickett.
2: Yeah. I mean. People got really mad at me because I didn't put them on the winners list. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if you e- want to put them on there, easy, I mean that's fine.
1: Easy here because you're gonna get ripped, you know. I, yeah. I, 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 I took a, I just took the first bullet for you there. Because no, I, I, I appreciate I, that. I said, uh, it, and, and look, we have to. We told you, people, we're going to. It, this is going to be on a These are these are not long term analysis when it comes to him, because we're not going to do it. We, we will start letting you know what we really think about Kenny Pickett about six games into 2023. I think it's the only fair way to do it here. Uh, He was very up and down in that Raiders game. Now it was Mm -hmm. a grow up moment at the end there for him to drive the football team down the field, get a touchdown pass in the middle of the field, Yada yada to play to Farmouth, but it was a very uneven game for him. It is what it is, or was there. I, I took the first bullet, go,
2: yeah. And, and uh, after the season, well, I think certainly you want to see what jump he makes from year one to year two, and that's going to be a really important litmus test for him in camp next year. The first month, six weeks of the season, as you said, really gets a good feel for what you have and what you don't have. Um, after this season ends, whenever it ends, I- I'm going to go back through, probably go back and watch every single throw that he made and just have a real deep dive video half an hour plus on all my thoughts on Kenny Pickett, as we kind of wrap up the season, no more football to be played in year number one. I have said pretty consistently that I I've been encouraged by the progression, um, the path that he's on where he was to start the, where he's at now. I think overall, you've seen improvement. We can talk about concerns. I have about upside and overall ceiling. We'll talk about that after the season. Um, but you know, I got accused of a lot of bias against him. You know, I've been called a homer for Pickett. Said that I, I hate Kenny Pickett. That probably means I'm at, I'm evaluating him pretty fairly. of both sides don't like my analysis. Um, I've certainly written and had videos on positive things about Pickett. Had negative things. I think it's been a typical rookie year with ups and downs and things you would expect from a year one guy. Again, the progression overall, I think has been has been better. Has been upward. Taking care of the football, making more plays. That clutch drive if me leaving him off a winner's list where he was, you know, 19 to 30 for a buck 68, no, no touchdowns, a to pick before that last drive is, is a, is a sin. Then then so be it.
1: Look, I, his, his adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat number is under five. In fact, I think it's under 4.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are not going to win a lot of games in the NFL with that number. You And if you do, it's because you're going to have lights out defense. He has, we, the two things that we've talked about for, and I, I too think he's made some nice strides in some areas here. Look, he's unflappable. We know that he's got, he's got, he's got ice running through his veins. However, you want to, you, you want to term that I'm not worried about the game being too big for him. I think he can still progress some in his game. But the thing that we've been talking about, Alex, is we've got to see the long ball, We've got to see him put the ball in the end zone in the red zone. Those two things alone will help that. Ad- and, and obviously not throwing the picks. Those two things alone will increase that adjusted net yards, passing attempt number up over six, right where he, where he needs to be. But we still have got to see those two things. I think before we can say, yeah, this, th- this might be the guy. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying he can't. Sure. We're not saying he can't be that, but we have not seen him until we see him do it. And and people say, yeah, but it, yeah, but his offensive coordinator. Okay, fine. But at some point, when you're in the red zone, you got to put a football in the end zone.
2: Yeah, well, at some point, you're gonna have to have have two touchdown passes in one game. And I understand it's a run heavy offense, and and receivers haven't always made place for him. We can go back and, and nitpick all that stuff. But those are the things that good quarterbacks end up doing. So, and and you want to see a bit more outside of structure. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Most of the quarterback he plays, did Some
1: of that in this last game.
2: Right. That's what I'm saying. I want to see more of that. that that's why I made the video because I wanted to highlight some stuff and 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 that we hadn't talked about too much so far when evaluating Kenny Pickett's play. And I get that most quarterback play, even from Mahomes and Josh Allen, is inside structure. But the step you take to become one of those top tier quarterbacks is doing something beyond the structure of the play and and seeing more of that from Kenny Pickett whenever that time comes. Um, whenever the opportunity presents itself, it's going to be important for him as well.
1: Look, it's, is it, you know, we talk about that Titans game and, and who did they sit down to play Josh Dobbs in that game? They, they sat down Malik Willis. All right. Uh, look at the, uh, the other, the other quarterbacks that, that were in the whole conversation. Ritter's just getting started, uh, in Atlanta. He, uh, I have, it hadn't looked you know awesome uh, yet. Long story short, did the Steelers, uh, as far as as the now type situation, did the Steelers make the right decision and get the right quarterback? The answer is absolutely yes, they did. Now we'll see what because you know my thoughts on Malik Willis was this is a guy that has some tools that that that's going to need a whole heck of a lot of development. You know, uh, sure. Kenny Pickett was the most NFL ready quarterback. That was the thing that you constantly saw attached to Kenny Pickett. The answer to that was absolutely where we're at right now was absolutely true in that. Now we've got to see the things that we, the other things that were kind of the question marks about Kenny uh, in addition to that, the processing, the processing, the push the football down the field mm-hmm. and and obviously at the NFL level, yet yeah, get the football in the end zone. That's that's where we need the decision of of did they make the right selection in the first round, I think is unequivocally yes.
2: Well, yeah, I think it's it's no surprise to see be the the best of the rookie quarterbacks. To me, that was never a question. It's it's what what is what do things look like three years from now, five All years right. from now. Is so he still the best of these quarterbacks? But it really Frankly, Dave, it's less about that question. Was he the best of this class? And it's really just becomes about where does he stack up across the NFL of the quarterbacks right. in, in football, regardless of draft class. If you pick the best quarterback in in this class and he's still the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, doesn't really matter too much. You really can't feel too good about that. So th- that's the progression. But the bottom line is, though, again, people will yell at me for hating him for being a homer. They'll accuse me of everything. I, I I think I've been I've said good things. I've said bad things. I think there's been some progression overall. I'm gonna have a real deep dive after the season. But I promise you, I'm not rooting against this guy. I'm not biased against the guy. I think I've been super fair and talked about good moments I, and I, bad I moments. Both uh, have. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. And then that video where I got the criticism for, which is fine. I, I'm trying to engage and and, and talk out the criticism, I'm not not shielding myself from it. But I, if I if I hated Kenny Pickett that much, I would not have made a video highlighting the positive plays that he made on that final drive. I just wouldn't have done that.
1: Look, we get, we get paid either way here, folks. <laughs> uh, we we don't make you know. We've always built this thing to be as objective as possible and people want to take their own bias and project it into hearing what they like or don't like coming out of Alex's mouth. That's why he's accused of being on both sides of this. What is this single what is the single most thing you want to see out of him in these final two games? Assuming that's just two left.
2: Yeah, it's probably just red zone play. Finish finishing drive. It drives. Okay. And I understand that the offense not finishing all their drives. It's not solely on Kenny Pickett. When you're running a toss on third and two, that's not in Kenny Pickett's control. But just can you can you finish these drives off? Can you get past midfield and and, and put the ball in the end zone? It's a very simplistic thing, but it is how you how you win. It's how you're judged by ultimately overall.
1: What is your response when people say, Yeah, but Matt Canada?
2: You know, to a degree, I understand that. And I've been critical of Canada as well, but you can separate the two. When when Kenny Pickett misses a wide open Deontay Johnson over the middle, that's not on Matt Canada; that's on Kenny Pickett. So, it you t- to talk about a big picture, you know, it gets in kind of in that 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 vague fog of well, what are we really talking about? When you talk about individual type stuff, you can really start assigning Pickett versus Canada. And sometimes it's on Canada, and sometimes it's on Kenny Pickett. But to to to, to just have a a one sentence answer to well, you can't blame Pickett; it's on Canada, then and, and that's not fair. And just in the same way, you can't say well, it's on Pickett; it's not on Canada. You know, it works both ways. So to to talk in such vague terms without really getting specific about it doesn't do a lot for me.
1: Look, I, I you know we're he started a lot of games now. We uh, you know we should start seeing. S- some more of this th- th- this good stuff with him, regardless of, of where the cor- who the coordinator is, and then obviously in first six games the next year, you know, uh, I don't. That's when I I think we're really going to see what what he is and what he is. And I'll tell you this right now, though, and and you're not going to like it, is you're not. He's not going to win in the NFL with adjusted net yards per passing attempt number as low as it is now. Whoever. You know, whatever you need to do, coordinator, whatever to get, you got to get that number up. All right. Yeah.
2: No quarterback. Wins and, that
1: number. End of story. That number does not lie. And it's under 4.5 right now. And that's absolutely for, for, for qualifying attempts in the NFL. That's last.
2: Mm. Um, my last thought on Kenny Pickett is, and, and maybe the d- disconnect of, of why I maybe I've been viewed as a bit more critical of Pickett than some others at this point, Dave. In, in Week Seventeen, I don't really view him as a rookie anymore. This guy's right, twenty-four years old, five-year college guy, pretty ready coming out. He's played a ton of football so far. You know, I think everything before the bye, he kind of understood. A, they couldn't run the ball, and there was so much on his plate, and he was just you know just starting out his career. I was kind of grading on a curve a little bit, but I, I've raised the bar some really since this bye week because, hey, this run game has been better. There's been a lot less on pickets played. Um, the defenses haven't been quite as tough. They haven't been behind in games and trying to play catch up and, and really getting out of their game plan. So I think maybe I've been critiquing more than people like because I personally raise the bar what I expect from Kenny Pickett more than than maybe what some others are.
1: You don't, you don't feel he doesn't feel like he's a rookie being trotted out there right now.
2: No, I, not to me. Maybe to other people, but I don't really see him in that in that light anymore. Be-
1: because he is—I mean, he is as cool as a Q car. He, he, you know, uh, it's not, and it's never been too. From the moment he stepped on the field against right. the Jets, I have never thought to myself, "Man, that guy just in his eye—you know, there's something in there that that you know he—it he, doesn't look too big for him at all—and it hasn't since snap one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wrote about a couple weeks ago that I said, I don't know what kind of quarterback he'll end up being, but he's, he's a great leader. He's already commanded the respect and the attention, even from rookie manic camp. You kind of tell the way that he approached things and talked about things. I mean, he kind of felt like, okay, this guy gets it. He's, he's going to be one of those leaders, one of those dudes, um, everything beyond that we'll have to see. But yeah, I think, you know, he he's definitely someone that the guys look up to and, and play hard for and, and, and has their respect and attention.
1: On the flip side, I, I don't want to see him have to throw the football 40, 40, 40 times against the Ravens.
2: No, I don't. But another reason why I've been grading them maybe a bit, a bit harsher is because they, they have had a run game. They have not played from behind. They've been in these games. They've been winning these games. And so it's not like it's the Eagles game or the Bills game where you have no run game. You're down by 25 points at halftime. And what do you expect Pickett to do in those moments? So we, we, we're, not, we're not excusing other elements of this offense. They've been there required for this quarterback to, to have a better chance to succeed. And so I think, again, expectations raise when those things are there.
1: I could sit here and we could, me and you could sit here and talk for another three hours uh, easily.
2: And people Uh, will still say that we hate or love the guy. And it really, it doesn't change. It's all a moot point. We're just kind of talking to ourselves, I guess. But um, again, I think we've both been, I think the whole site has been very fair to Kenny Pickett. I mean, we all have our own biases and lenses and and viewpoints. I'm not going to pretend like I'm, Pure and above it all, but I think I try to really go out of my way to talk about good and bad with Kenny Pickett because there's been good and there's been bad.
1: Right. And right now, taking it game by game, I want to I see him bury a couple in a red zone on, on on Sunday night.
2: Yep. Uh, me as well.
1: All right. Uh, we should probably get out of here on that note, right?
2: Yeah. I think we ran a little bit long there. So sorry about that. But, uh, Good conversation.
1: All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. If you are on the Twitter machine, shout out Jonas uh, uh on, on, on Twitter and thank you for coming on. Uh let's see, th- at Terrible Podcast on Twitter. Uh, email the terrible podcast at gmail.com if you want to get a question in. Uh PayPal, if you want to donate. Go to SteersDepot.com, hit the donate button up right, navigational bar, ad-free version of the site, SteersDepot.com, hit the ad-free button as well, too. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. It's been a fantastic, you just don't know. Uh, What a fantastic year it's been for the site and and, and the podcast. And we obviously couldn't have done it without listeners and readers and all like that. So uh, we we are very, very thankful. We are blessed to do what we do. We don't take it for granted uh, one moment. Uh, And Happy New Year. And thank you for everybody. And as always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.